Hi, this is David Flowers, Senior Pastor at Grantham Church, an intergenerational convergent third-way congregation with the Brethren in Christ U.S. and located in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast and for following the sermons that I and many others preach at Grantham. This is a free podcast and it'll always be that way, but if you'd like to give and help further the work we're doing for the kingdom, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to do that, you can do that by going to granthamchurch.org and clicking on the giving tab. Whether you're a member of our church or you're listening as a parishioner, it's our greatest desire that you would encounter Jesus and be changed by the good news wherever you are. Anyway, God bless you, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Grantham Church. You know, we have not been a church that just pretends that challenging things aren't going on in the world around us that everything is rainbows and care bears and sunshine. Because it's not. Uh, Many of us have had a challenging week. I know your staff has had that with our office administrator leaving and then receiving the shocking news about Ed May's passing on Friday. Um, I heard the Lord say to me this morning, Is it faith just in the good times when everything is smooth sailing? Or isn't faith about something more? That when times are tough and challenging, all the things going on in the world from Ukraine to now Israel, that we be reminded that Christ is on the throne. And just as he wept at Lazarus' tomb, the death of his friend, he knew, even in his weeping, that he would raise him. So we can bring all of our thoughts and feelings and lay them at the foot of the cross. Amen? We can come as we are and fully express ourselves as human beings while also while also exhibiting faith in Christ, that he's the God who raises the dead. He's the God that isn't going to kick the world in the cosmic trash can. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to save us. Let us trust in that Lord this morning. Amen. 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 Father, we we come to you now and we ask that you would Help us to lay all of our burdens at your feet. You say that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. That we're to take on that yoke and experience your life. Would you help us to do that this morning? In the midst of trial, that we would know your peace. It surpasses all understanding. We'd know your comfort that defies explanation. Give us that, Lord. And then, Holy Spirit, help us to open up our hearts to receive now what you have to say to us through the Scriptures as we seek to be your disciples. For it's in your name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, church.
This is part three of a six-week sermon series called We Are Disciples. In our highly compartmentalized lives, it's easy to think about discipleship as something that happens only when we're in the church building, right, or in a Sunday school class or something like that. But according to the New Testament, discipleship happens as we are knowing and following Jesus with other disciples wherever we go. Being a disciple begins with knowing who we are in Christ, which is where we begin this series, rooting our identity in the Lord, and that that identity is to be discovered and lived out in every area of life. So what does that look like? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're addressing in this series by unpacking Grantham Church's definition of disciples. This is what it says. Disciples are people in community who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, are growing to love, follow, and lead others to the God who looks like Jesus. And so in this series, we're making our way through this definition a few words at a time. And last Sunday, Pastor Melissa invited us to consider what it really means to be people in community with Christ at the center of our lives and of our church. We saw how authentic, life-giving community comes as a result you know, as, as fruit of a shared life together when Jesus Christ is the source and the center of our gathering. Pastor Melissa had mentioned an, an article, I forget what, where it was from. Uh, I've actually read a couple of different articles like this recently where they interview one of these nuns, right, N-O-N-E-S, people that don't identify with any particular tradition anymore or any religion. And this person was saying, basically, they wanted all of the kinds of, the things they had experienced as a kid, the good things, not the things they thought that were, were not so great about growing up, maybe in a fundamentalist Christian context. They, they wanted all of the fruit of that. They wanted community. Uh, they, they wanted the, uh, acceptance. They wanted a lot of the kinds of things that can only come from Jesus, <laughs> And so that's the kind, this is where we're at. This is the kind of world that we're, we're living in, where, where people think that they can get the best of the church without Jesus, and that's just not going to happen. So if you look at the definition on the screen there, empowered by the Holy Spirit is the next bit, but we're actually going to hold off on that phrase until the very end, and a fitting end it will be as we talk about the Holy Spirit empowering our lives. But today we're going to reflect on what is meant by growing in our re religious vernacular. What do we mean when we say growing? Disciples are people in community who are growing. Well, how do we grow? What does it look like to grow in our faith? And we're being intentional, and in, 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 are we being intentional in creating the right conditions for life and growth as disciples of Jesus. Would you open up in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. This is our main passage for this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And would you stand as we read the Scriptures together? I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants 
in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you're still controlled by your sinful nature. You're jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by the sinful nature, by the flesh? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, well, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? And who is Paul? We're only servants, God's servants, through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. We are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Consider for a moment how living things can only come to life and grow if the conditions are right for it. Think about this. Let's start by thinking from a cosmic perspective. I'm going to get a little nerdy here. You look at this graphic here. There, there is no doubt a, what some have called a fine-tuning to our world that makes life possible and incredibly special and unique. I said incredibly special and unique. I didn't say we were the only life in the galaxy, but we're not going to go there this morning. And there are a great number of things that create a suitable planet for life to begin and to grow. Just think about some of this. Our sun is just the right size for this life to happen on Earth. Earth is just the proper distance away and is also the right size. Uh, scientists call this the Goldilocks zone. We have a molten core of, of liquid iron that creates a magnetosphere around the earth which protects us against radiation. So we have water. Water doesn't um, evaporate being too close to the sun or freeze being too far away from the sun. We have rock. We have rich soil for things to grow. We have an atmosphere containing the proper balance of carbon dioxide, uh, oxygen, and nitrogen, and then other celestial bodies in our system, like take, for example, the planet Jupiter, because it's massive. By the way, if you've been looking up the night sky, you can see Jupiter uh, very visible uh, right now. And Jupiter is so massive, its gravity sucks in like a vacuum all of the kinds of things floating through space, hopefully, to catch it all so that it doesn't come to us. Interesting, isn't it? And so there are a lot of things that, are, that represent this fine-tuning. Even our solar system is placed in the right location in our galaxy for this life to happen. So now let's zoom in now and think even more basic, the basic conditions needed to grow organic life in the soil on the earth. And you've probably seen a picture like this when you were in elementary school, all right? So I'm just refreshing your memory. You know this already. You learned this stuff. 
Plants need water, right? Plants need light and air and soil and space to grow. And the soil itself is important. Uh, The soil needs a proper pH and balance of nutrients for life to happen. So everything that we know where there is life requires certain kinds of conditions for it to begin and for it to grow. And no life as we know it is possible without water because liquid water enables key chemical reactions in animal and plant and microbial cells. That's why the water cycle is so vital to life on the earth. You've probably seen a picture like this before too. The water cycle ensures that things grow and that life continues on the planet. Condensation leads to precipitation. That water is then collected and eventually evaporates. And on and on and on we go, right? And just as there are certain conditions and cycles necessary for organic life on our planet, the same is true when it comes to our spiritual growth. I want you to think about this today. Remember, spiritual growth is a part of the process and cycle of following Jesus with the body of Christ, his church. And once again, we've used this image to communicate that, to gather, to grow, to give, to go. This is our cycle. This is how life happens. This is how growth happens. We gather regularly as a worshiping community of disciples, and that gathering in the public, social, personal, intimate spaces is vitally important. This is why the author of Hebrews says, don't forsake the gathering as some do. This is all part of life and growth. So we gather. We also grow. We seek to listen, to learn, and to grow in our faith. We don't want to stay the same. Yes, Jesus meets us as we are and loves us as we are. Aren't you glad for that? It's called, we call that the grace of God. But he loves us too much to leave us there. And so it, it, but it takes intentionality and it takes partnering with God in this growth, which is what we're talking about today. We also give. We give of our time, our talents, and our treasure, as Rachel was saying earlier. We give of our financial resources to gospel ministry. That giving says something about what is at the center of our heart and our being. It expresses something about our loves and our passions, what we're committed to. And so we do all this. We gather, we grow, we give, and we go. We do it to go out into the world as disciples so that we can lead others to the God who looks like Jesus. This is a cycle of spiritual health and growth, to gather, grow, give, and go. So what are the proper conditions then for spiritual life and growth? How does that growth occur? That's what we want to look at. What what does that growth look like in the life of a disciple? Well, for disciples, this process and cycle of life and growth begins with being connected to the ultimate life source. And that, of course, is, looking for the Sunday school answer, Jesus. (laughs) It's Christ himself. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15, verse 4 and 5. He said, remain in me. Your translation may say, abide in me. It's the word for home. Make your home in me, as I also remain, abide, make my home in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus said, I am the vine. 
You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will grow. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now think about this. These words come between the Last Supper and Jesus' arrest in the garden. He's probably just left Jerusalem, gone down the Kidron Valley, walking up to the Mount of Olives, walking through the olive grove on the way to pray and prepare himself for suffering. And he uses, as he points over to the vine, this as a powerful metaphor, the vine and the branches metaphor. Jesus is saying to his disciples, guys, you cannot grow as my disciples without a direct relational connection to me. You think about the timing of this, too. Jesus is about to go away. He's about to die, and they're going to think it's all over for a little while until the Father raises him, and then he's with them for 40 more days before he gives them his spirit. This is good news, what Jesus is saying, because this means that growing, listen to me, is not entirely up to us. (laughs) It's a partnership with God. Reflect back on what we read in the beginning of this message in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. If you want to look there, you can see a little bit of what Paul is getting at. The Corinthians are experiencing all kinds of problems. It's a really long letter because there's a really long list of problems. The factions in the Corinthian church were caused by disagreements in theology and Christian living. For example, what is real wisdom and how do we get at it, right? What actions and behaviors actually count as idolatry? What's good? What's, what's bad? What's right? What's wrong? What's holy? What's unholy? What does a healthy and holy human sexuality look like in marriage and outside of it? What should worship look like? Which spiritual gifts are the greatest? Who's the best teacher and preacher? That's what Paul was getting at. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. And what is the meaning of the resurrection? And what difference does that make for the present and the future as Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? And so these were the issues that were splitting this particular church. And Paul uses this as an opportunity to remind them, number one, there is a difference in spiritual food and in solid food, right? Food for an infant and food for a grown-up. And number two, he says true growth in Christ looks like you eating solid food. That's where, that's where you want to get, right? I, as he uses this metaphor, we don't continue with mother's milk. We, we eat as our stomach develops and grows and matures and is ready. We eat solid food. There's also, I think, this being said with that. When it comes time to eat solid food, we're able to feed ourselves spiritually. This really flies in the face and challenges consumerism and treating the church as if it's some place for religious services and goods that you can come and consume. We should be getting to a place as disciples, Paul says, that we're able to feed ourselves. We know what we need, we know where the table is, and we know how to eat. This is what Paul is challenging them to do, to get to this place. 
And number three, he says, if you're constantly living out of your flesh, if you're quarreling with each other, if you're fighting, if you're being divisive, you're thinking you're better than others, if you're indulging your flesh in the name of Christian freedom, then you prove that you're still babies in Christ and you need to grow up. This is what Paul is saying. The ways in which you're behaving is symptomatic that you still need mama's milk. But what you need to do is grow up and start eating solid food. You should be feeding yourselves and teaching others how to follow Jesus. You shouldn't just be being discipled. You should be making disciples. And that's not just a word for pastors, is it? He says this to everyone. In fact, have you ever noticed in all of Paul's letters, he doesn't address the leaders. Not like directly. It was easy, you know, dear pastor so-and-so. Now, he says, to the saints at Corinth, all of us, we're all these holy ones of Jesus, called to live into that holiness. And then look there, a key verse in this passage, if you have your Bible open, is verse 7. And I know some of you caught that. He repeats it a couple times. He said, in, re- in response to them having favorite leaders in the church, Paul says, look, some people plant seeds and some people water, but it's God that brings the growth. It's God that makes things grow. Don't miss this church. God causes the growth. He causes the growth. But we are disciples, and we do have a part to play in God bringing about that growth. Much of what God does with a lot of things is call us to partner with Him, to join Him in this work of, Paul would say in another place, to work out our salvation. He wants to do that with us. Based on what we've already looked at with organic growth, we might put it like this. Think about it this way. Think of this question. What are the right conditions for experiencing the life of Christ and growing as disciples? What are the right conditions? We looked at the right conditions for life in the universe, certainly in our solar system, and life on this planet, and in the nutrients that soil needs for things to grow. What kind of conditions do you need in your life for things to grow? We might call it soul soil. How is your soul soil? Well, here are a few things that I think that we need. And none of these are going to surprise you. If you've grown up in the church, you've heard these things before. But it's always good to return back to the basics. You know, baseball players do this. We're, we're in, uh, you know, October. <laughs> you think of that? You know, baseball players, they, they hit a slump. Things get a little stale. Their swing isn't what it used to, to be. What do they do? They return to the fundamentals. They return to the fundamentals, and I think these are fundamentals. Number one, here's what we can do to prepare these right conditions for spiritual life and growth. We stay connected, as Jesus said, to the vine. Number one, staying connected to the vine through spiritual disciplines, through prayer, through fasting, through scripture reading, through study, confession, fellowship, sacrifice, and service, and so forth. Do we have that for the screen? That's okay. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. There you go. Staying connected. Staying connected to the vine. Staying connected to Jesus. 
And Paul would say to, to pray continuously as you go about your day along the road, as you, as you lie down, as you get up, as Deuteronomy would say, for your families, right? That, that you're always walking with the Lord. You're always remembering who you are, keeping and maintaining that connection to Jesus. That's important. And that can look different for all of us. And depending on the season of life that you're in, you might be emphasizing one of these more than the other. But we have to find a way. We have to discover what's, what's best for us in that particular season of life to stay connected to the vine. And then number two, to create another condition that's good and right and sustainable, suitable for life and growth, we give the Holy Spirit something to work with. You've heard me use that phrase before, that you should really give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And I, I think about this when I see folks that aren't doing much of anything, and they don't understand why they feel so far from God, why God doesn't respond to them when they do eventually pray. And what you find out is they usually pray when they're just desperate. But there's not an actual effort and attempt made to live into spiritual discipline. So we've got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. What are you giving him to work with? Are you giving him a humble, teachable heart? Are you giving him your time, your talents, and your financial resources to serve Christ in the kingdom? Because here's what I have found. The more in which you give the Lord to work with, give the Spirit to work with, the closer to God you will feel. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through some moments or even maybe a dark night of the soul, and it, and, and it may be even unexplainable to you. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I find myself here. And you may need to self-examine. Sometimes that happens. I admit that happens. But for the most part, if we're giving God something to work with, the Lord will bless it, and we'll see results. We'll see life, and we'll see growth. Number three, are we allowing for the planting of seeds and the watering of our spiritual life, of our soul? Are we allowing for that through other disciples? In order for that to happen, you've got to be in the spaces. You've got to be in the spaces faithfully and regularly. Working the spaces of the church, listening and learning from pastors and leaders and other seasoned disciples. All of this makes for the right conditions for spiritual life and growth. And that has much to do with why you have church leaders and seasoned saints in the church to build you up, to edify you, to help you grow in your faith as disciples. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to turn there, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. Paul said, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we've all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So what is all of this edification for? What is all of this building up of the body for? What is, what is it that we, why is it that we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? It is so that the body will grow up into unity in faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we would all become like Christ. 
That is why we are here. That is what it means to be disciples. Then he says in verse 14, then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. The whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That is the telos. That is the end goal. That is the aim. That is why we are here. We are here as disciples of Jesus so that we would grow up into his image. That is why we are here. Finally, here are some questions for reflection and to help us to respond to this invitation before we move on to our segment this time tomorrow and think about how to embody this stuff. Number one, is your heart open to God? I mean, is it really open to God? Are you you open to growing in your faith? Are the conditions of your soul soil right for growth? And again, another way to put it is, what are you giving the Holy Spirit to work with? I know this could be a little disappointing at first if you have to acknowledge and admit, well, I'm not really giving him much. (laughs) But the good news is, well, that's why you are where you are. And you don't have to be there. If we'll just give the Holy Spirit something to work with. If we'll pay attention to the conditions of our soul soil. Number two, are you moving from spiritual milk to solid food? Are you learning how to feed yourself? Are you seeking to be a disciple who makes disciples? Are you growing in that way? And then number three, how is the Spirit inviting you to deepen your relationship with Jesus today and to grow as a disciple in this particular season of life? You know, I I've, I've, was visiting some folks this past week, and we, we have several folks in our congregation who are aging and needing to move out of a cottage, cottage let's say, at Messiah Village and into an apartment. And just in that particular season of life where it seems like life stops giving and just takes away. And, you know, whatever season of life you find yourself in, it's challenging for you, isn't it? It doesn't matter what the season is. It's challenging for you. And they all have different varying degrees of difficulty. But whatever season of life you find yourself in, folks, as long as you are breathing, you are called to be a disciple of Jesus and you're called to grow. To discover and experience God right where you are. Until he calls you to himself. And in that we should know that we all have a part. We all have a part to play. What is your part? And how is the Spirit inviting you to grow in this season? I'm going to give us a moment of silence and a moment to pray. And I'm just going to leave these questions here, if we could, on the screen. Reflect on these, would you? And ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do? Let's do that. Let's take a moment to do that.
Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder this morning. That you love us. That you want to include us as a branch in the vine to grow. To become more like you, to experience more of your life. even in the challenges of life, and life gets busy and crazy and even chaotic. You want to draw us close to yourself, to know your heart, that our roots would grow down deep into you. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us clearly this morning about a step that we can take to improve the soul soil of our lives that we might experience more of you and encounter you on a regular basis Lord help us to do that and give us the courage to respond to whatever it is that you're asking of us